Hi everyone and welcome to 21 Questions, the podcast where we tackle 21 big questions about life, faith and Christianity in about 20 minutes during 2021. Hi, my name is Rich Jones and I'm a pastor at Living Rock Church and have been for the last 16 years. And this is my good friend and colleague, Mike Shooter, who has worked with the youth for around 10 years plus now and is part of the leadership team at Living Rock Church. So for those of you who are a bit more detail orientated than uh, than others, you may notice that we play it a little bit fast and loose with the phrase. <laughs> is this a disclaimer, Mike? Is this a disclaimer? Finally. <laughs> So you will notice that some of the episodes that we've done run into like 30 minutes just about. And um, the thing the thing that we're trying to achieve with this podcast more than anything else, though, is to produce something that's useful. Um, now, obviously, the phrase about 20 minutes ties nicely in with the, uh, the, the rest of the theme. So that's why we've gone for that. But it'd be great if you could tell us, engage with us in the comments. How are the podcasts going? How are you finding the length of them? Because what we really want to do, like we say, is more than anything else is just provide something that's really helpful to you so let us know in the comments down below what do you think of the length of these do you want them to be longer do you want them to be shorter i can't promise we'll do anything about that but it'd be great to know one way or the other the deal is you have to listen to it all the way through before you can give us that feedback you can't just do it based on the title or anything <laughs> else okay or the first two minutes it has to be the whole thing absolutely <laughs> the whole podcast series is available on our YouTube channel, Living Rock Church, and you can also get the audio versions of all of these podcasts on any major podcasting platform. You can also head over to livingrock.church forward slash 21 questions. And as always, all the links you could ever need will be in the description below for all 21 questions related matters. So Wonderful. welcome to episode six our Easter special. And today we're going to be looking at the event that makes Easter Easter, Jesus's resurrection from the dead. And we will be asking the question, did Jesus really rise from the dead? It's probably worth saying here that if you do not believe that the Bible is a reliable source of evidence, head back and watch our last episode of 21 Questions where we, cover... <laughs> where we cover if the Bible um, can be trusted, if it is a reliable source of evidence, and we take time there to to look at that and review that, and we are we are taking from the assumption today that the that the Bible is a reliable source of evidence that we can draw on to say what happened with Jesus. So, Rich, tell us what is Easter? What are we What are we talking about? I mean. You, you talked about the resurrection of Jesus and, you know, every Christian from the earliest disciple to those of us who are alive today, of which there are, by the way, billions, um, mm. men and women and children, believe these things. They believe that Jesus is the son of God, believe that Jesus lived the perfect sinless life, that he suffered and died on the cross in our place, took our punishment on himself in his death on the cross. Mm -hmm. He died. He was buried in a tomb for three days. On the third day, he rose again. He spent time with his disciples for about 40 days. He ascended back to heaven and he's alive today in heaven. Okay, mm -hmm. So that is our fundamental belief in Jesus, who Jesus is. And, yeah. you know, there's no getting away from it. These are big statements. Yes. These are big are. beliefs. They place a huge emphasis on the supernatural. Um, they absolutely are dependent on the belief in the existence and the power of God. Mm -hmm. And they also make Jesus distinct from every other person in history yes and so um 
you know, just want to put that out there. Okay, that yeah. is that's that's foundational and fundamental, and the resurrection is at the heart of that. And many Christians have come to believe that Jesus is alive, um, yeah. based on, I suppose, an understanding of revelation, uh, capture, capturing something, often from hearing somebody else, another Christian who has that faith, share the story about their own experience, um, the transformation that's taken place in their own life, and they've believed in Jesus, they put their faith in Him, and they followed Him. Um, some people have experienced his power in their lives today, whether that's through healing or just knowing a peace or seeing miracles take place or just this kind of inner certainty and belief and faith that it's true. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And I think all of those things, they really need to be acknowledged. Yeah. I think we have to give weight to those things. But today we are we're going to put aside the experiential evidence um, for this uh kind of podcast yeah. and we are going to look at the historical evidence to say is there any kind of hard and fast historical evidence that we can put our fingers on um, mainly as described from the bible as a reliable source of witness testimony of people who saw and witnessed um this for themselves yeah um um, and look at that historical evidence for Jesus' resurrection and also to look at the undeniable historical impact of the church and Christianity, which is based in the belief of Jesus' resurrection. Absolutely. Um, we said it last week and I'll say it again, um, quoting N.T. Wright, saying that the idea that Jesus never existed is something no ancient historian would ever take seriously for a minute. Okay. We, we know that based on the evidence that we have, that Jesus was a real person, that he, um, that he, some bold claims were made about him. And based on those claims, can we, can we see that he, um, was this Jewish man, teacher, prophet as recorded in the Bible and non-biblical writings, including ancient historians like Josephus, Tacitus. And once we've established this, we then have to look at what he said about himself. So if we're yeah. saying that these evidences are are true and that they are reliable, well, they contain a huge amount that he said about himself, namely that he was God's son, that he was the savior of the world, the Messiah, um, the Christ, uh, the one who would save the world from sin and death. Yeah. And his followers, his disciples were all convinced that he was who he said he was, yeah. especially after he rose from the dead. This was the... Was that was the game changer for them. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and even, you know, the Bible is very honest that in, in a lot of these statements that Jesus made, the disciples didn't really understand what he was talking about until after the resurrection. Absolutely. So when he rises from the dead, it's like the this kind of final piece that clicks everything into place and everyone goes this, okay, I understand who this man was now and, and so much more than a man. Yeah. And these... These men and women were witnesses um, to what he said. They were witnesses to his resurrection and they died proclaiming and holding on to this belief. Yeah. In the face of persecution, to say otherwise as well, you know, to, to yeah. deny. And, um, and I think it's important we look at the resurrection maybe from two different in two different ways, kind of argue it down. I don't understand argumentative, but you know what I mean by that. We yeah. kind of... Um, uh, or we argue it up. Um, and when okay. I talk about arguing it down, I think sort of think about a parasol, you know, that, um, you know, we, you mentioned, Mike, that we've talked about the the accuracy and the reliability of Scripture and the, and the New Testament, or the, the whole mm -hmm. of Bible, particularly talking about the New Testament because of the resurrection. Um, and that we, if we, if we assume that it, the Bible is accurate, 
um, for all the stuff that we talked about in our last episode, then this kind of provides the canopy for us. And, and underneath it, then we can kind of the, the stalk, if you like, is, is everything that comes from that. Yeah. And the accounts that we see um, from the gospel writers and things that Paul writes in his letters, the Apostle Paul. Um, and then we can look at maybe how these accounts stand up in the face of scrutiny. So yeah. there's that approach. Well, there's the arguing up, which is um, almost if you take the, the, the biblical account out of it a little bit um, and we, we look at it more like adding building blocks and building the wall from the ground up uh, to present a case that's clear and well put together and substantial, then rather than necessarily looking at the biblical data, instead look more at the history, as you said, of the early church. Yeah. Um, and the church since this incredibly significant life of Jesus and this incredibly significant event in his life that yeah. was all around his death, burial, and resurrection and ascension. So, you know, in the face of persecution, um, in the face of huge opposition, the church has not stopped growing, has not stopped no. moving. Um, it's not in decline, uh, contrary no. to popular belief. Um, the church is growing in, in modern society all over the world, often yeah. again in the face of persecution. And so therefore we kind of want to just nod to that and, and appreciate that as well, you know, and also understand that the early church was established on early creeds, early history that absolutely were established on the belief that Jesus died and rose again. Yes. Um, and so we want to kind of look at it in those two ways, the the kind of the argue down with understanding that the Bible is true and accurate and then arguing up sort of taking the biblical data even out of it and just looking at the church and how it's grown. That's really helpful. That's really helpful. And so what we know about the New Testament accounts of Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, is that they are all written within a few decades of Jesus' life. Really so, short gap. Yeah. yeah, really short gap. So there are people alive when these are written that witness this. This is not secondhand information. This is firsthand information from people. This is firsthand. Um, there, there, there could have been firsthand objectors to what these people are saying as well. Um, and that also in that short space of time, there is an overwhelming number of manuscripts that make up the New Testament of the Bible um, that are written by eyewitnesses and careful investigators. Um, it's made, it makes up the New Testament. It makes the New Testament the most established and reliable ancient historical book document known to man and that's mm -hmm. not an exaggeration in saying that and then on top of this it's been proven that the virgin birth jesus miracles his death and resurrection are not added later by others that's really um, important yeah it is really important because we're not talking about a, a good teacher who came up with some really good things and then later on people kind of said well we need to we need to deify this man we may, need to make him mm. more important than he really was to get his message across actually all of those things is miracles virgin birth death and resurrection they're not added later they are all in the mix right from the beginning from the earliest yeah. manuscripts yeah. um that is what people were testifying of so taking that you know we need to look at the fact that okay let's just let's just assume that the the, the new testament is a reliable source of data yeah. Um, and then from that, you can start to look at some common objections that people apply to the to the story, the Easter story. You know, firstly, Jesus didn't die um, on the cross. Uh, he he suffered, but he didn't die. Um, secondly, all right, Jesus did die, but the empty tomb was as a result of a number of things. Either the disciples stole his body or the family moved his body um, mm -hmm. to try to rebury it. So the kind of the empty tomb issue that people have. And then. Even if it was a tomb or not a tomb, the fact is people then said Jesus appeared to them. You know, so mm. how do we 
explain that Jesus didn't actually come back to life. He can't have because that's naturally impossible. Therefore, other explanations have to be put to it. You know, either the disciples yeah. had hallucinations about him or they mistook him for somebody else who looked like him. I mean, there are a few people yeah, yeah, yeah. who look a bit like Jesus, as far as I can tell. <laughs> or, or worst of all, they made it up. You know, this was just a kind of a, a shared lie. Um, mm. So so let's go back to the first point of some people suggesting that Jesus didn't die in the first place, or certainly didn't die on the cross. And right. and I think that, you know, I've heard people say, oh, yeah, what happened was he lost consciousness. They took him off the cross. They mm. buried him in the tomb. And there somehow he recovered, he recuperated, and he, uh, he he came around, you know, and he he recovered um, as a result of that. Um, mm. It's 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 a bit of a no go, but I'm, I'm going to cover it anyway because it has been raised. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, firstly, there were many biblical claims that Jesus would die and did die afterwards. And Jesus himself, you know, he mentioned this, Mike. He made big statements about himself, and many of, many of the things he talked about was his own death. Yeah, he even talked about his body being like the temple, although it might be destroyed within three days, it'd be built up again. Yeah. Um, or the, the the sign of Jonah. You know, Jonah was in the stomach of the whale. And so Jesus would go into the earth and come back to life again after three days. So so Jesus knew that he was going to die on the cross. You know, he said, uh -huh. if the Son of Man is lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. He's talking about the cross. So, so this wasn't a surprise to him. And his life no. wasn't taken from him. He laid his life down. Yeah. Um, but firstly, just want to say this. No, there is no historical record of any person ever surviving the brutal Roman crucifixion. When a Roman crucified no. you, that was it. Game yeah. over. Um, so firstly, let's just say that. Mm -hmm. Secondly, there's a really interesting eyewitness statement from John in John's gospel where it talks about uh, a soldier running a spear into Jesus' side. And when the, the spear is pulled out, blood and water comes out of, of Jesus' side. And what, what John is unwittingly describing is a medical condition that when the heart stops after a severe beating, um, because the heart's not pumping the blood around anymore, if the blood gathers in certain parts of the body, like around the, the lungs, where you have something called a pneumothorax, where the lung collapses, the, the weight of the red blood cells drop and the watery plasma separates above it. Okay. So when his side was pierced, what you would have had is initially the heavier red blood cells would have come out. And behind that would have been the watery plasma. And that, right. that breakdown of the blood only takes place post-mortem, after death. And wow. so actually John is describing a physical um, medical symptom, if you want to call it, of death. Wow. So okay. it's, it's indisputable that, that Jesus died. And in fact, um, as, you, as we've said, that a, a real man called Jesus lived in Israel, hmm. said the things that he did, was reported, did these, these special things, died by Roman crucifixion. Th those are and pretty much undeniable by serious historians. Yeah. So then you come to the question, okay, he did die. He was put in the tomb. Let's say that he was. The disciples took his body. They knew he said some things about himself. So maybe the disciples wanted to kind of carry on the facade, you know. Yeah. Um, but let's face it. Look at the disciples. When Jesus is arrested, what do they do? <laughs> they leg it. They leg it. They all leg it. <laughs> Peter denies he even knows Jesus. They are not this organized group who are about to raid some tomb somewhere. They're no. petrified. They're hiding in locked rooms. They can't mm. wait to get out of Jerusalem because they know there's a manhunt on for those who are seen with Jesus. And so they are not going to go and try and take his body from the grave. Added to this, mm -hmm. it's reported that the Roman there was a Roman guard around the tomb. So yeah, what yeah, are they yeah. going to do? Take out some Roman soldiers and steal his body by and actually move this massive stone as well that's been rolled in front. The Bible makes it clear that his body wasn't for stealing and it wasn't for moving either. You know, no. 
that for the family to move his body, firstly, Jesus' brothers didn't believe he was who he says he was until after his resurrection either, which is very significant. Mm -hmm. But the Roman soldiers and the Jewish Sanhedrin, who were the kind of the, the local government, were in no mood to let Jesus be moved or touched in any way, shape or form. No. It's just not going to happen. This was like the most guarded corpse of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they they knew as well. This is this is something that's interesting. Is it's not just the disciples that were aware of his claim that he was going to rise from oh, the dead. Really? Everyone's aware that he's claimed he's going to rise from the dead. Sure. So people are on the lookout for this. They're oh, they're no, checking no. the tomb. They're making sure it's protected. They're making sure it's guarded. There's even the record for us in the Bible yeah. of the fact that the Pharisees request this because they're 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 scared that what happened would happen if jesus body disappears which is a nightmare for the jews if for the jewish exactly. leaders if jesus is risen so they're doing all exactly. they can and, and for, and for um, the romans as well yeah yeah definitely definitely so so really the, the the other question then is okay well maybe just people thought they saw jesus either they hallucinated or you yeah. know there, were, there was some jesus lookalikes knocking around and that was enough to kind of confuse them mm. um firstly uh the, probably the biggest mass hallucination th th that deals with that is that Paul writes in his letter in, to the church in Corinth that at one point Jesus appeared before 500 people in one gathering. Mm. And there is just no, there's no reports ever of a mass hallucination where everybody sees the same hallucination. Every, yeah. every person's hallucination is unique. Mm. Even if they're in the same environment and they've taken the same drugs, it's a different hallucination. Yeah. Um, and these weren't uh, under the influence in that way. No. And, and actually, um, the, the other thing to kind of mention within that is that uh, skeptics and people who are against Jesus also said that, that they'd seen Jesus. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, the first people who reported that Jesus was alive, that the Bible tells us, were women. Yeah. Which is awkward and embarrassing for an ancient Middle Eastern audience because women weren't even allowed to give evidence in the court of law because their testimony was not regarded as significant enough. No, exactly. So to say, if you're gonna if you're gonna make something up to say that Jesus <laughs> is alive and resurrected in ancient Middle Eastern times, what you're not gonna do to kind of really hit your point home is say, "And some women saw and found that first. It's kind of like yeah, 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 yeah. Thing that you do now. You know, we don't agree with those views. Now we've moved no. on, but just to kind of make that point, really, and and Jesus appeared to, to different people um, in different ways. So even one of Jesus' disciples, Thomas, is a skeptic. Jesus visits him. And proves to him that he's alive. Jesus meets Paul, who's trying to stop the preaching of Jesus amongst yeah. the early church on the road to Damascus. And Paul changes his whole life from being anti to now saying, no, I believe in Jesus. And I believe that Jesus is the resurrected Lord and Savior, which was a huge shift for Paul. Yeah, massive. And even Jesus' brothers, James and Jude, both who are cynical and doubt completely that Jesus is who he says he is are completely on board after his death, become significant leaders in the early church, and even contribute to letters in the New Testament. Yeah. So all of these things really do add to the weight of that this was something significant. People really had seen that he was alive. Yes, definitely. And I, it's true. We have to remember that most of the 12 apostles, um, plus countless other Christians, yeah have died for their faith and suffered yeah. for their faith. Even if they didn't die, you've got John being um, kind of confined to the island of Patmos to, in his later life, and then he may have still been executed after that as well. Um, the, 
being a Christian was not popular. Even the name Christian most likely came from people mocking people who were following Jesus. It wasn't a term of affection. Um, You know, people's uh, people were being pushed out of careers. Even the rich were encouraged if they became Christians to be generous, to give away their possessions. People lost influence. They lost family. Um, Their families would renounce them. People hated Christians in yeah. in the first century this it's not um it's not popular to be a christian at this not time on any bandwagon or at least no that you want to get on yeah no this is not western culture that we live in now where you know this is not america where a lot of the political elite are christians you use that to you know it's 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 just well, say they're christians Let's say they're yeah it's it's just not that environment okay yeah. this is persecution there is nothing worldly to be gained from being a christian in the first century mm-hmm. so they have to have experienced something beyond what we we think would be the natural benefits of becoming a christian yeah um that literally changed their life and caused them to want to endure every or being wi- being willing to endure everything they went through for their faith um you can't I've heard, those things i've heard it boil down to three things that motivate uh you know men in particular is money power and sex those three things mm-hmm. and and in, in, in any way shape or form did any of those things become available paul went from persecutor to persecuted yeah and and died in died a martyr's death he was he was you know he was killed for, for what he proclaimed about jesus so absolutely right this was not mm-hmm. some sort of um shift to gain any level of popularity quite the opposite which has yeah. got to got to say something and and for me there yeah. that that that's kind of leads us into the arguing up part, really, because mm. you know we've already said the disciples were transformed by the resurrection. Um, that's the biblical account, but we know that that's true also because of the fact that the early church sprang up in the way that it did. Yeah, Jesus doubting brothers, the anti-Christian Paul, um, the those who were freaked out and hiding prior to re- seeing that Jesus was resurrected, um, are now standing in the middle of Jerusalem preaching and saying, "This Jesus who you crucified is both Lord and Messiah. He's alive." Preaching to an audience, by the way, who fifty days earlier, it's pro- many of them had seen Jesus die with their very own eyes, yeah. and yet guy, these guys are now saying to the same group of people, "Jesus is alive." Hmm. And so, um, the, the the fact is that men and women have have, have nailed their colours to the mast in, in belief of that. Mm-hmm. Have have refused to renounce that, and and there's there's been no evidence ever of Jesus' body being wheeled out by somebody else to say, by the way, here he is. This was stuff mm-hmm. and nonsense. And yeah. any attempt to to um, persecute people into listen into re- renouncing what they believed uh, didn't work either. Mm-hmm. In fact, the church seemed to spread even more in the face of persecution. Yeah, um, men and women refused to renounce it, and after a few hundred years of severe. Uh, post-Jewish persecution, Roman persecution, Christianity actually changed Rome. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's the kind of the home of Catholicism, mm. um, which, you know, that's a huge shift. And so the church grew in the face of adversity and persecution. Why? Because I believe people had seen something that had transformed their lives. And there's a great quote from a historian, a German historian called um, Martin Debilius. And uh it's kind of related to the fact that even if you dismiss the, the Gospels as history, then you're still left with a problem of explaining the early church and the influence of Christianity on the world for the last yeah. 2,000 years. Um, and, he's, and essentially, there's, there's no doubt that what happened um, that came out of one man's life mm. um, 
and his death in a city somewhere in the Near East 2,000 years ago has produced something that has turned the world upside down and transformed the lives of billions of people. However cynical you are, you have to, you just have to acknowledge that truth. Yeah. And um, the birth of Christianity in the church has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if Jesus' life and career, if you like, didn't play out as the gospels claim, then somebody has to explain why the church grew and exploded onto the scene in the way that it did after his death. Yeah. And it stood the test of time. And, and this Martin Diblius guy says, you have to posit an X big enough to explain the why of the early church. You have to yeah. posit an X big enough to uh, explain the why of the early church. And the best explanation remains that given in the gospels that, that Jesus existed and something very remarkable happened to him. That's kind of yeah. where he's, what, what his statement is. And there's lo- loads more we could say, loads more we could chat about, but hopefully that's some, some food for thought anyway. And, yeah. Give you something to think about at Easter time. Yeah. And, you know, during this Easter, we really do hope that you'll reconsider what you believe yeah. about Jesus to to at least examine those things for yourself and his death and resurrection. And uh, there are many things that point to the fact that he may well be who he said he is, <laughs> and that he loves you and that he wants you to know him and to trust him. I and think so, we're gonna have to do, sorry, Mike, to jump in. I think we're going to have to do some some statements that Jesus made about himself. And and was Jesus just a good teacher? I think that'll be a really good. Yeah, good definitely. Definitely. <laughs> but from all of us here, uh, well, from me and Rich, because we are the only ones here at <laughs> 21 Questions, um, we just want to wish you a really happy Easter. Yeah. Um, and uh, we will see you next time. Don't eat too much chocolate. Have a lot, but not too much. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. All right. Take care.